Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. And today, this is uh, an interesting, interesting podcast. And here's why, okay? Because with us is Marcus the Ninja. This is his nickname, Harden. And but what beyond being like an OG member of Vigor Ground, right? I mean, like really OG, OG like going back, like double, you know, going back like double digit back. You know what I mean? Um, like we connected on on uh, I would say on a lot of what Marcus has been doing for. I mean, how long have you been doing it for now? I sixteen mean, years. Sixteen years, 16 man. I mean, years. that's pretty much been been the career and and um. I wanted you to share what you're doing because I want to intermingle this. Uh, I think you, you guys are going to have so many lessons from this, both on the side of coaching, uh, coaching youth, working with youth, and uh, creating something that really makes a difference. And I'll share with something that we're building here that unfortunately hasn't been launched yet, but it's happening. It's called the Vigor Dream um, Program, which is basically a scholarship-based uh, program, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, but but this guy was definitely a person that uh, inspired that uh, and 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 has helped me with it and is going to continue help me with it. But some of the things that he's doing are really really groundbreaking in education uh, and like legitimately groundbreaking. Not I'm not saying that just because it's he's here and it, it sounds good because I give this guy shit all the time. Yes, you do. Uh, so I wouldn't do that. But but I feel like there's there's so many lessons here. And honestly, one of the things that I would like to do with a show besides like extracting the the, the wisdom knowledge uh, juice out of out of Marcus is to inspire small business owners, especially gym owners, to do more uh, with youth and in their community, and like I, I guess inspire you to connect the business to something bigger and like uh, make it more of an what I like to call evolved enterprise, right? Where you're giving back to the community, you're changing things, you're using the platform of your your craft and skill, which is fitness and coaching, um, to do more in a community. And so that's that's kind of where we're gonna lead, but there's just so much uh, stuff that Marcus has to share and, and, and uh, I wanted to bring him on a show because as much as we talk, he lives in Atlanta now, um, you know, it's almost like this opportunity to 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 just pull all this out of him. But man, let's start off by like, give me like just a little bit of breakdown. First of all, what got you into the field of education? Um, you know, what was it more of a like a transition of like, oh, I feel like this is a thing that um, I'm gonna start with, and I'll see where I go. Or was it something like, no, 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 this is this is the field I want to be in for good. Uh, I think, I mean, I think like a lot of us uh, actually, and I, you know, I always hate saying this on the record, but I hated kids. Uh, I was an only <laughs> child. Um, I didn't okay, want great anything start. to do. Yeah. <laughs> my mom ran a home daycare. I wanted nothing to do with youth. Uh, my my educational background is in political science, so I was a political science uh, major in high school, graduated from there, and actually had an um, internship in the U.S. Senate. So I was an intern in Hillary Clinton's office. Uh, no Damn. intern jokes there, I know. Uh, <laughs> and my first assignment was uh, educational research. So I just spent a lot of time in the Congressional uh, Library researching education, and I started to see um, the deficits and the, and the differences for people who came from money or people of low income or people of color specifically um, in the educational outcomes. And that just, it made a complete shift for me. Like my in my life at, at 21, 22, I was like, oh, I'm going to be the first black president or I was going to be a senator or an ambassador. Like that's the path I thought I was on. Um, and then I started volunteering at a school and I just fell in love. Uh, two, I, my first two students, uh, Craig and, and you know Nick, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. brother Vince um, is here. I mean, I, I fell in love with those guys and I was like, okay, let me shift this whole path. So moved back to Seattle, got a, uh, a teacher cert and a counselor cert and um, 
got hired at a school and the race was on. I didn't know, like it literally was a, uh, maybe a two month transition to the point where I think I still had stuff in storage for like two years in DC. I came back <laughs> so fast, but I just fell in love and then uh, began just crafting. And I started at a K-8 school or pre-K through eight school. So the kids I came in with uh, who were kindergartens were the people I left with when they were eighth graders. So uh, literally got to grow up with them. And I think halfway through theirs was, was the bigger journey, probably, uh, probably like year six or seven. Um, and that's how I began. And it's just, uh, it's grown ever since. And you know my, you know, you know a little bit of my personal story. Halfway through, um, ended up foster adopting um, four of my students. Yeah, um, I, won't, I, would, I definitely, I wanted you to, uh, th- th- this is one of the kind of amazing things uh, I'll say about Marcos, but I, I was like, if I'm sure you're not going to skip that. But, um, and then when you did that, also like, talk to me about that decision. Because I mean, like, look, that's a insanely, big decision mm-hmm. to make and you were how old i was 26 you're 26 mm-hmm. okay so at 26 you're taking you're basically fostering four kids yep um so what i, I began to see not just the um and i'll say that decision transformed me professionally more as much as it did personally clearly but um i think what made it happen is that we would just see kids who would get stuck at school who, you know parents wouldn't pick up or uh, parents were drug addicted or the you know just a lot of different things um and i think it was one night where uh, not a young man who I ended up taking in, but another, a younger kid who I sat at the school with him until nine at night. He might've been in second grade and nobody came to pick him up. And we had to call CPS and they came and got him. And I just remember like that look on his face. And like that day, myself and my principal at the time, we were like, we're getting our foster license. Cause like, if this happens again, like he's coming home with us, you know? So we both like made that commitment and then I got it for like that emergency reason. But then it ended up being, uh, the young man I was mentoring, um, just due to different circumstances needed um, a place to stay. I was single, you know, I had a house, kind of the, the, the world aligned. It wasn't, again, not another plan, but I just saw there was such a need and I was like, well, maybe if I can, you know, provide a home, provide this den, it'll make sure that they don't become these statistics of things we've seen. You know, sadly, um, I was just talking a little bit before in a year, was this year 16 for me, but I've been to 29 of my students' funerals. Um, so like, you know, trying to in 21 in the last four years, which is crazy. You know, the thing about Seattle is kind of unspoken underbelly for young people. But um, yeah, that was kind of what drove it. And just, man, I fell in love and they and they transformed me and uh, they gave me my first gray hairs. Uh, but um, the 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 promise was I'll take care of you. You know, you have a you have a place to stay. We're going to see this through. All you got to do is finish high school. And, and we'll go from there. And, you know, and I'm still so blessed. You know, uh, one of them still is technically, I guess, living or renting from me now. And he's 26. He moved in with me when he was 14. So, you know, like it's been this this journey that's uh, that's grown me. Um, and, and what so first of all, too, like when you know, when, when you make that decision, is it like because I've made a lot of decisions in my life where mm-hmm. I'm just like, this seems like a good idea. Not knowing what I what Ray Dalio calls the second and third order consequences of it. You know, you're like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna do this shit, yeah. You know, and I've done a lot of dumb shit in my life making that decisions like that, but was it more of a like, I feel like this is right, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about all the other shit that's gonna happen, but like just going into that? Uh, I felt like it was right. I was very cognizant of being a single man, you know, like raising, like having four boys in the house. You know, I didn't want anybody, I won't dismerge any, any dead uh, celebrity's name, but you're like, I didn't <laughs> want any, I, I, I tried to be very clear about that. Like, you know, there's no funny business going on here. There's nothing. There's, I don't, there's nothing going on. And but outside of that, 
Um, I didn't know. No, nah, I, did, I didn't have any idea, really. Some ways I was naive. Um, I had some arrogance, which is why I said professionally, uh, them being with me really changed me because I had some arrogant beliefs about like what parents should do. And, you know, if, if you just did X, Y, Z better at home, a kid would act better at school. It's like, nah, that's not always true. <laughs> like sometimes a 14 year old is going to be a 14 year old or 15 year old is going to do 15 year old stuff. Um, and all you can really do. And I, I think we talk about this like the similar to coaching is like love somebody through um, their ups and they're downs, and especially I think with young people, um, it showed them, especially in adolescence, what I call Groundhog's Day for like six years, um, it's the best day of their life and the worst day of their life, you have to be that port in the storm. And I think that's what I learned that has transformed me personally, um, and it's like added another layer of calm for me just in my own real life, and then especially professionally. Like when it feels like everything's going crazy, just kind of being there and be like, you know what, hey, I love you, I still believe in you. And what I tell to my students now is like, you know, I'm still, we're still committed to your, the best version of yourself. Um, and, and you've helped me with this a little bit as far as being intentional and specific on what that is. So not just saying what's the best version, but what are those three things that are the best version of yourself? And so, um, no, I was not aware. You know, I didn't know that uh, all of a sudden, like this parenting instinct would kick in where um, I tell the story all the time of I used to laugh at sports parents who would like run onto the court when their kids got hurt. I'm like, oh, you got this so lame. Like, what are you doing? And, and my oldest got hurt. And I, I was at the top of the stadium. I'll never forget. And I remember him getting hurt. And then the next thing I remember is like I'm on the field, like walking off with him. And I just busted out laughing because I was like, oh, my God, I've become the there very you go. thing <laughs> I used to tease. And like, and all of a sudden, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sleep till they got home. Like, even when I come back now, like, it's this weird, you know, paternal thing that kicks in. But like, I can't sleep till I know they're safe and I just was like at happy hour not having a care in the world the week before and all of a sudden like <laughs> these things kick in so um, it's super cool um, and I think you know this is just coaching like there's a level of pride that I couldn't even put into words of like watching mm-hmm. them grow up and um, you know and you, you forget some of the some of the crazy times not all of them like when they stole my car that was not a time I forgot but, <laughs> um, but you, you learn a different level of forgiveness so but I think you know that making this point because when you're like, well, you know, and I took I, I took these kids on, and now you become this this parent figure, obviously. But I, I think the big thing is responsibility, mm-hmm. right? It's it's um, and I, I don't care where you do it. I think you know one of the things that I um, I shared with you. I don't know if I said it on I might I might have said it on a podcast, but it was like even with the Vigor Dream program is knowing that once it launches officially, uh, me personally, like there's a huge responsibility of like taking care of these kids are going to come in and like, it's not a, it, it, you know, and I told a team, I said, listen guys, like, you know, I said, who wants to be involved? And of course people are like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. I, I said, listen, this is not something that's like cool to, you know, it's not cool. You're just going to show up. Oh I'm, yeah, my bad. I didn't show up. Like, no, you, you got to show up. You're taking this responsibility on. And it is a, it, it's a big responsibility. Like the, you know, and so I think that a lot of people uh, in life, whether it's, you know, this or something else, but definitely with kids, right? It's like, shy away from um you know and it could be something as like big brother right but mm-hmm. but you're t- you know you're taking things to a whole nother level and like that's why i really you know i really love what you've been doing but it's taken on so much responsibility but in that responsibility how much did you grow you know what i mean as a as a person doing that like i mean i i i, I definitely can't imagine if i say i can imagine no i can't imagine right like it was it was you can't it was, like plot it uh like i said you know you can't plot the things that that do happen and um I couldn't walk away from it, right? Like once C- I correct, made that, like once I'm and I'm a true Sagittarius in some respect. Like and you know, like I you know I can get hot and cold a little bit, but that was one. I was like, 
I can't give up on this. Even in the moments, and, and I joked about it a little, but like uh, there was a time where my, um, uh, on top of those guys, I also wanted them to have like the childhood I had pretty much. So, um, you know, I always had a lot of friends come over. I had sleepovers or whatever. So like every weekend, essentially for at least three years, um, they would all be able to have a friend over. So if you're thinking from Friday to Sunday, I'm essentially running a community center. Um, I got all <laughs> their boys over a community center that smells like teenage dudes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so there's, you know, we had taco Saturday and we had game night Friday and you know, Sundays was movie night and then everybody's got to go home. But like in Saturdays and Sundays, I'm constantly just like cooking. Cause by the time like one meal's over, it's time for the next. And so there was a time, uh, where I kind of went, I might've went to a bootcamp. I, I, I feel like I went somewhere out for a little bit, but, um, and you know, they stole my car and I get a call from my neighbor who's like, Hey, you might want to get home. Like the police are out front. And I'm like, Oh man, this is crazy. I, you know, I, I had two cars. So I'm driving home and, um, I see my car and my neighbor's front lawn with the axle in the middle of the street and like the police there. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, if you know me, like I'm super chill. Like it doesn't, you know, it takes a lot to move me emotionally one way or the other. Um, I walk up and it just so happened the police officer was like a community police officer who worked at the school. He's like, oh, Mr. Marcus, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, what's up? Now in my mind, like I'm looking at them and I'm like, how much time would I do? If right now, like, you know, I'm like <laughs> furious. And so, you know, they, the neighbor's cool with it. You know, thank goodness for like building good relationships. Um, he's like, you know, just, just clean it up, get your car off my lawn. Like we're good. And, uh, I remember that day, like I sat in my room and I like just put on like some real chill music. And I remember it was daytime still. And I just, by the time I kind of like remember coming back to, it was dark. And I remember like hearing them whisper, like, you go talk to them. Like you go talk to them. Cause like they knew I'm not a yeller. I actually go the opposite. I go quiet. So like when I stop talking to you, it's time to, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's time to, it's time to start moving away from me. Um, and I remember that moment I was like, man, what am I doing this for? Like, is it all worth it? And, and I remember one of them like came in the room was like, man, you know, we're so sorry, you know, this whole like almost PBS special moment. And I was just like, man, I can't quit on them. Like at the same time, like I did dumb stuff. Like I got in a car accident when I was younger and, and you know, borrowed stuff from my parents. <laughs> um, and and I, if I was going to create that form, I had to create it fully. Mm -hmm. um, and that moment was like very seminal. And like they had their friends come over and like talk to me. Like the cool thing was their friends would always want them not to get in trouble because that meant the community center was shut down. Um, and so, you know, and Kyle, like Kyle was one of the people who would yeah, be over the house yeah, all the yeah. time. Um, and so it was just something that, that just changed me and it, and it grew my patience and it grew. Um, it's what I coach a lot with with adults now working with kids, but I, and I call it loveful pedagogy. So loveful um, thought, but like really the depths of what love is, is truly like unconditional. And like, um, I fully believe like love never shrinks, it expands. And in that moment I was thinking about shrinking it down, but I was like, it has to grow and I have to mm -hmm. love them the same way my parents, um, you know, show me love and you realize your flaws is just like a human. I'm like, man, what are the things that trigger me um, in a different way? Uh, and you learn to forgive in a different way yourself as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, okay, I mess up too. Like I'm not a, and that's what's so cool. So cool. Now that they're older, we can talk a lot about like, man, how I, there's different things I would do now, yeah, you know, yeah. at, at 40 mm -hmm. than I did at 26. But you know, it is what it is. So, but I mean, that's you know, that's life, life and wisdom growing. Right. But like, man, you know, it's <laughs> such a great point because I feel like, um, you know, some of the things that you say as far as it, it gives you like this insight. The thing about it this way, okay, like you don't have kids, you're not working with kids like this. The the, the your thought process and decisions that you make are so much different, mm -hmm. right? Like, but at that moment in time, you're like, man, I'm responsible for these kids, mm -hmm. and then you start going like. 
how much dumb shit did I do? Which, by the way, it's difficult to do more dumb shit than I did in my, right. when, I, when I was a kid. Um, I mean, you could theoretically, but man, it's like it's pushing the envelope, you know? So, but at the same time, being able to be like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want them to be like me, right? right? But still having the empathy of like, why, you know, I'm not going to quit because they fucked up and at the same time, so did I. So right. did I many times. So, you know, and but the thing is at the same time as you're doing it, so, you know, you're, you've been in, like I said, an educational system for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, and obviously I, I know the places that you worked and we're kind of go through that journey because there's, there's, like I said, there's so many, so many different lessons here. But I, I wanted to kind of take a little bit more of a bird's eye view here for, you know, what you think, like, what are some of the biggest problems you know, and I, and I know this is is one of those questions that like, man, um, we could talk a lot. But what are some of the biggest issues that you see in in in, ed, in education, especially I would say with the population you're working with, and you know, what do you feel are some of the solutions? Because now, like I said, you speak, you know, you speak nationally across the country about this stuff. You consult schools and, and colleges and all types of things. Um, but you know, and so you have feedback also from what some of the best minds are doing uh besides obviously yourself on this and i i really want to hear that and i want others to hear it because i think it's so relevant you know i'm i'm so passionate about you know i would say changing the youth and, and I, a big part of it is because i was stuck in this place of if i go this way i'm in i'm in jail or i'm dead or if i go this way you know which i i did with basketball and and, and later on obviously fitness um and it, it changed my life legitimately changed my life so you know, what are some things that like people can like maybe be, maybe get an insight on on what's truly happening? Because, man, I'm telling you, like, I, I talk to people and I'm fucking clueless about mm-hmm. some of the things that are like like you said, like, you know, being being at 21 you know funerals in the last four years. And I know it's gotten you know worse here in Seattle. Like, um, but, you know, what, what are some of the problems and some of the solutions, you know, um, and we you know, the one thing. And, and again, this is this is maturity. This is wisdom. Uh, if you'd asked me this five years ago, I probably would have no ten years ago. Probably, I'd have had a different answer. I, I would say one is um, the education system is is flawed as we know it, and we talk a lot about this as far as um, and when I say flawed from the big level, I mean we are teaching kids in an antiquated way, just not prepare them for the way the world is working now. So. Um, we're still teaching in a nine to five type of thought and not giving um, room for creativity. We, we just actually met last night. Um, Ace, our, our, our folks um, met last night and talked about like we're working with a fifth grade school here um, or a school and some fifth graders here. And um, we tried to have them do like this creation station and it just struggled to like come up creatively because we've gotten so like test heavy that it's all skill and drill. Like I know how to do this if you walk me through it. So if we took it through fitness, like I know how to do um, I know how to do the, the routine you put out for me, but I have no idea how to modify, right, if something is to go wrong. And that's really a lot. And that's not just here, but that's if I go to Hartford, Connecticut, that's if I go to Houston, Texas, that's if I, New Orleans, across the board. Um, even our summer program, we have a loose partnership with Amazon. Same thing. We get to spend a day with Amazon folks. And once it's like, come up with something. Like last year was like hack Fortnite. And we had kids who were freaking out. Like, you can't hack Fortnite. It's like, but what if you could? And I think like some of that is just, that's, I blame that on educators. I don't put that on kids. because like you only, yeah. their output is only exactly. what the input has been. Um, so I would say that's one. And then I would say two, um, educator training, or I would say teacher training and not looking what educators are. And we've had this conversation a lot. Like I'd say to my staff all the time or any staff I work with, anybody who enters this building is an educator. Because they all have something to teach and you all have something to learn from, from, you know, it, 
you're a teacher. Like, I really do believe, like, you know, having known you for so long, and I'm not just saying this because we have a relationship, but, like, you're a natural teacher. Um, but in the educational world, they'd be like, no, well, you got to get this and you got to do that. It's like, nah, dog. Like, there's other ways around that. So I would say um, those two, you know, all the easy ones when we talk about, like, funding and not being treated as professionals, you know, that's, that's all the national stuff. And, yes, that's true. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that at all. But I would say really mindset. We talk about this a lot. It's not um, – it's not a skill set that's missing um, so much as people's mindset because what invariably happens, and it's just like training, I think, you go back to what you've known to do. Even myself, like even as much as I talk and do all this stuff, stuff like when stressed, I have to fight my training. Default. Yeah, right. I have to yeah. fight my training, which goes back to the go sit in the corner, the skill and drill, the worksheets, the like, and, and that that even happens to me. And I spent my whole time talking like this, this radical talk. Yeah. Um, but that was how I was trained. Like mm-hmm. I was trained in a way that was still classical and that's what we know. Um, so I spent a lot of time now, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit. I spent a, I've spent the last two years working more with adults on how to work with kids and I actually have working with kids. Um, but I'm still able to dive back in because those um, beliefs hold true. And then I would say lastly, which is a little more super macro, but like just belief, like just belief in what, uh, young people are capable of um, and not putting like limits and ceilings on it and I even stopped you know labeling kids and I don't ask kids anymore what do you want to do that's I feel like that that's finite I ask who do you want to be and then we can once we fill that in whatever you choose to go do in the world is going to be great and even helping them understand because do you get like if you say who do you want to be is it like what do you mean Right, right. But right, we, and we start talking like character traits and like, and, and then yeah. we have what's dope is, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, we do that in this world as well, is like have other people start to affirm that. Because like sometimes, especially with like 12, 13, 14 year olds, they're like, I don't know. They're like, what are you good at as a person? Like, I, don't know, I don't know. And it's like, well, dude, you walk, you, you watch your three younger brothers or you, you're always the first one to help and volunteer. And then like what we do a lot of um, with Ace is like building them up with their peers or so saying like, what do you do great? We do a thing called champ of the day where, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm a huge wrestling fan, but like we get, we get this belt and they have to answer this series of questions. That's all about like uh, character traits essentially and strengths. And also like, what's your gift to the world? Um, and most of the time they can't answer it, but then we have their friends chime in and be like, actually you do this well, you do this well. Yeah. Like, and sometimes, and especially as men, I think, I think women are a little better at this and I'm being very stereotypical. Don't get me PC police, but um, <laughs> we don't do a good job of affirming each other mm. in that moment. That's, that's intimate and pure. Like, you know, we can do it. And, and there's some, there's some psychology behind how men best communicate and all that stuff. But um, I think doing that early and we build this brotherhood of like, not just, you know, we throw away, you're not, your brother's keeper. You're not, you're not just your brother's keeper. You are your brother. Like we go mm. as far as that person and building that, um, camaraderie has been some of the the work the brain work and the culture work that we begin to really think about and try to it's what i train staff on now um specifically working with um low-income minority youth and then even for me even more intentionally um african-american male youth so yeah um, man to, to bring that point up you know because that's what led to a lot of like even my own decisions now with with this figure dream program is like kind of almost uh uh, I guess re refurbishing the the software. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like of like how somebody sees the world and like in in uh I was almost suspending disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Of what they believe now, right? Um and, and whether that is stuff like 
even just being uncomfortable, like, man, shining a light on positive things, like, right. you, you know, starting to believe that you can do anything. And you said you don't, you know, you don't look at kids and, and, and go like, who do you want to, I mean, what do you want to do, mm-hmm. right? Or even judging where they're coming from and like the belief system. And, you know, we could go over all these studies of, mm-hmm. I, I've said it so many times before, right? The, the um, whether it was, this was made up or not, right? Like they give a teacher a class of kids and they go like, hey, look, all these kids are geniuses, right? Like they're, they're they score super high. The teacher's like, oh my God, right? And like, then she treats them so amazingly well. They really do score high. And then they go like, you know what? That actually, they weren't, they were actually at the bottom. And, the, you know, and that happens. Like that happens so often. Like for me, uh, especially in a, when I was a principal or I was in a, an administrator role, uh, we would get new kids. Like there's certain patterns, you know, about a school year. Like, you know, if you get a kid after the first of the year and or before the end of the year, there's usually some transition that's not natural, right? Or if yeah. you get a new, I was in a middle school for a long time. So if you get a new eighth grader, again, that's a break. It's an unnatural transition. So you know something is off, you know, yeah. one way or the other. And so I made the habit like halfway through, I would say probably year four, where I was like, I'm not going to look at this kid's file. I'm just going to meet this kid. Because if I look mm-hmm. at this kid's file, I'm going to. You're going to create a story I'm, based on yep. the past history, the, the, the right. patterns that you have, what's, you know, what experiences you've had. Right? And, and they'll tell you too, like you, not, and not just me, there's, some dope educators out there for sure um, that they'll be like you treated me different like I want to know you and um, like, you know I think about last summer we we, we purposely we run a summer program uh, here in Seattle and we purposely took on um, kids who were what they call emotionally behavior disturbed so kids who spend all their time really in one classroom and like for the most part can go out once but don't operate with general population what does that sound like right like you're already setting kids up I just, know. just the label. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, the label in itself, right? right? Like, it's, um, and, and what I think too is, imagine how you know we 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 live in this world of frames, right? Where mm-hmm. somebody goes like, oh man, that's <clears throat> that's Marcus. Like, hey, you know, he's like this. And all of you know, and right off the bat, because you know the person, uh, you know, you know the person that shared that with you, mm-hmm. like that frame in itself might create you looking for it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. He is like that, right? Don't you confirm it. And, and I think with, which I think goes for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, like whether you're an adult or not, you know, where, wherever you are in that, um, in, in like an age. But I think with kids, it just becomes so, you know, we know like development, like a neuroplasticity. And mm-hmm. there's these ages where everything just gets so much more ingrained and we got to be even more intentional and conscious about like what we're doing, you know? Um, but that, that make, that's such a great point. You know, could, it, it, it's like this, uh, this, this wisdom, right? What if, you know, when you meet people, like you don't, there's no like, it's almost like just pure curiosity. Mm-hmm. Don't take any of the uh, the labels that what other people said about them. Like, how much different would you would behave with and with that person? Those are some mean? of the conversations now I have with with adults, and I think this is where we always have these good conversations around um, coaching in general. It's where I, where I tell adults like. One, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, remember the 13-year-old you. And what we a lot of times as adults do is forget who we were mm-hmm. at that age. We put adult expectations on kids. And, and, and anyone will tell you, like, I have high, high, um, I believe, in affirmation, accountability as much as possible. So, you know, I call it, you know, affirmation, accountability, and correction. Like, affirmation, you know, let me tell you how great you are. Accountability, let me hold you to that. And correction, let me tell you why you can't do that. So it's not like all... There's a lot of hugs and, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. but, but it's but, also but, like let me hold you accountable absolutely. to the things we said we we're gonna do, yeah. and with a lot of adults, um, teachers especially, which is the world I'm in, I think they struggle with remembering like well who were you at 13? Because I was all over the place. I was six foot, 
250. I sounded like Michael Jackson. Like, there was a lot was going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I was trying to figure it out. Like, I was a black kid at an all-white school. You know, I was, I got teased for sounding white, but I also was trying, you know, like, identity. And I was like, I remember that. Like, I legit am, you know, the, the little memes were like, be the, be the adult you wanted as a kid. Like, that really is my motivation because I remember I needed somebody to just be like, you know what? Little guy with high voice, uh, you know, really big guy actually with high voice. It's okay. Like, and it'll be all right. And I remember that. But like middle school, I was a horror. Like I had a desk in the principal's office. I spent all of seventh grade. I watched the World Series and I want to say the Olympics all in in-house suspension. Like I remember this vividly because I was just, I was trying to figure it out and nobody was affirming it. Um, and, you know, my parents were doing the best they could, but I was a whole different kid at home. Like at home, I was, you know, I was like A plus student, but at school, I would get off that bus and I would give them guys holy hell. And so I tell teachers this all the time, like you got to remember who you were. And I think when we talk about coaching, like I think sometimes folks forget, like you may have walked in always as a fit person or a health person, but you didn't walk in as Luca, the Luca you are now, right? No, like, you no, know, if no, you, no. If you go back to that original base or. And, and to, to kind of piggyback on that, not only that, I feel like you have to be able to, um, like think laterally and what mm -hmm. I mean by that is like yeah Luca you know like I, my, my, my I would say you know I would say body and athleticism my whole life that was my escape too like hey mm -hmm. I'm going to be significant I'm going to do this that and the other and so it was hard for me to for a while understand like you know somebody else that wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. So I had to laterally think and go like, hey, but in this other area of my life, I am a complete shithead or clusterfuck or, or you know, or put, let's just put it this way, like my behaviors aren't matching what I say that I want, right? Um, and, and I had to put myself into that and go like, oh man, like, you know, it, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm, the, I'm that same person just in a different sector mm -hmm. of my life which means I have the same underlying issues, but you know, it's, it's just it's just showing up in another way. And you I know, think that's the biggest difference between adults and young people. Adults, we begin, and we, you say this all the time, like we begin to live the stories we tell ourselves. So mm -hmm. we can begin to block out the things that don't feel good because we have control. Yeah, young absolutely. people don't have control. Like you're still, and so you wonder why you start to see some of these behaviors. It's like they don't have any control. You're still under. I mean, there's so there's you know there's so many stories I could tell where it's like a kid where I'm just looking at him and I want to be like, man, your situation is effed up. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. You yeah, know, I can't yeah. take you all in. We we talked about a kid last summer. I told you, you know, is sadly been homeless for a long time. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, 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 we did a super shout out to Vigor. We did a fundraiser for him for Christmas to get him some stuff going. But like, I remember dropping him off at the shelter around the corner, and like, it really was this PBS moment. He looks at me and he's like, "All right, bye." And like, it took everything in me to be like, "Man, just get in the car and come on." Like, cause, you know, yeah. I'm retired from the taking them in business, but um, <laughs> as hard as that is. And it's, it's still hard to say that. Um, but she's like, man, I can't do it. Like, what I'm doing for you is all I can do. And all really I can equip you with is people to love you and get you to the point to hold on where you can start to make decisions for yourself legally. And so, man, when you, but th that's a, you know, and you're around it so much, like so much more. And like, I mean, I, I stay very involved in many, many things when it comes to coaching, mentorship, you know, uh, charity. Uh, but, you know, when you're around that, like, how to, <laughs> Not sure. I'm, I'm a fixer. I know you are too, mm -hmm. right? Like I, the gift and the curse, right? So, you know, how do you, and, and to me, that's been the drive of like some of this, these programs that, you know, we're, we're working on building because yeah, you can't change everything, but like, how do you put something in place that starts making a change? Cause how, you know, I know that like, I would have a problem like doing that and having that moment and going right. like, 
shit. Like, but also knowing like, well, I, I can't keep, this is, this is not the solution. Like for me to just take everybody in, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but, 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 but I think, yeah, but, but I think that you're, you know, part of that, like your drive is, you know, doing what, what you're doing now, which, um, and I kind of, cause like this, this whole idea is, is, is so dope to me, but like right now you're in a process of, you know, building a school essentially in Atlanta, which uh, the only thing I'm upset about is that it's in Atlanta. But I get, I, I get it, cause uh, uh, you know, cause we were, we were like really, literally working on like Vigor Dream together. And this guy texts me, and he's like, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, hey, I'm gone in three weeks. I'm moving to Atlanta. I got this, uh, this grant, and so, which honestly, I was excited, you know, for because I, I feel like that's legitimately what you know what you're meant to do. And for people to see like what you're capable of, I, I think it's the best. Um, but share a little bit about first of all what the concept is, like right. where you know where all this is uh, this is moving, um, because I, I this is to me I I feel like the future of what school should be like. You know what I mean? So uh, so Ace, the Academy for Creating Excellence. So co-founded here, uh, two of my good buddies, CJ and Willie. Um, you know we've been doing this is year six for us, year seven as a nonprofit here, and so we've really been testing and piloting it. Um, and got a dope opportunity to begin to design and say, what would it look like uh, as a school model? So I uh, got to go down to Atlanta. So the concept um, is a sixth grade, so 12-year-olds, uh, for those who aren't familiar with grades, sixth grade <laughs> to a 13th year. Um, so typically you end at 12th grade, clearly. But uh, we're doing a 13th year as a post-grad one. Uh, much like Luca, I'm a nerd as far as... Uh, uh, brain studies and science and, and young and males in America as we currently know it, we develop at a slower rate. And if you look at um, the population I choose to serve, which is um, I'll be focusing on um, young men and specifically African-American men and young men of color. Um, at 19, um, our brains aren't fully there yet. And so we don't usually have a lot of time. So you're asking them to be a freshman, taking all this stuff and the dropout rates are horrendous mm. for young men of color. So you're pretty much sending somebody into debt they're not finishing with a degree and then you're spending the rest of your life kind of trying to figure it out. So we're going to do a 13th year, um, which will be focused on. So the whole school concept, let me back up a little bit, the whole school concept after middle school. So middle school will all be about mindset. So preparing young people to say, what is it that you, um, who are you in the world? Where could those skills be applicable? Um, and then what does it take to operate in these different systems? High school, once they get to ninth grade um, through 12th grade, is all interest-based year-long internships. So you get to do something different every year that's your interest. You have an advisor or a coach. Cause, cause, and, and this is like they're, they have days that they're in school yeah. and that there's days that so, they're I'm interning. Sorry. So three days that you'll be in school, two days that you're interning on-site. So it could be like, you know, if we were here in, in Seattle, it would be like, I want to be a trainer. And they'd be like, all right, cool. Like, call up bigger. Hey, Luca, I got a kid. Tuesday and Wednesday is going to be there with you. Do what you do. Like, you know, of course, there'll be yeah, some, yeah. Some, some fidelity and some accountability, but a lot of young people, you know, who um, do it end up doing the same internship for four years and just learning more and more. But the cool part that we're really building towards, and we talked about this a little yesterday, I can't, I can't name the company yet, but we have some, um, we have some partnerships in place to say they're willing to, um, some, some pretty big companies, that's like a, every young person, so up to 450 kids is what will be max enrollment, will walk out of 12th grade, 13th year will be optional, um, with a certificate, in whatever it is they choose to do. So if the lane is health and wellness, dope. Um, we want to build a barbershop on site or a beauty salon. So if that's something you are interested in, tech will be another big one. And then arts. So we call it team. So technology, entrepreneurship, arts, and mindset. So the entrepreneurship part was every young person who leaves there will know how to write a business plan. Um, we'll also, we will promote 
college, but I'm calling it more under the umbrella of post-secondary success. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found is with myself and a lot of my friends, you know, if it wasn't for football, my first two years, I wouldn't have been able to afford college. Like, that just wasn't going to happen. Same, same here. I mean, at, at all, like without basketball. Yeah, like I'm, it, it I'm, was I'm, over. I'm, and, and what we found, too, is like people get buried in debt, um, especially people of color. Um, and so... The primary mission will be um, to, to fight that and to redefine what success is. You asked me earlier, and I guess I could I could talk a lot about what's wrong with school, but we we have gotten into a culture where it's like college or bus for kids. And college is not for everybody and or college is not for everybody at 19. Maybe college is for you at 24 when you're a little more mature and you're a little mm-hmm. more settled. And also like any young person, and I can't promise this, but this would be definitely a push that we're going to go for. If you're a young person who comes into Ace uh, Atlanta and is like, I want to go to college, I know it because my parents went to college, cool. I'm not going to I'm not gonna dis- dis- dissuade you from it. But I'm also going to say, then we're going to spend a lot of our time making sure that's free. Because I don't want you to walk in. If, you, if college is the experience you need, I want you to be able to walk out debt-free. And now, if you get a master's and want to owe money or a doctorate, that's on you. Yeah. But at least that undergrad experience, you, you can go and push from there. So that's some of the cool stuff we're doing um, to push that. But the internship model is really, I think, a game changer, especially with... Um, you know, it's going to be hands off in the sense of the kids. You know, as long as it's legal, uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna help a young person uh, find a person. And the cool thing is, what you know is, if you push somebody in the industry, those natural mentorships that begin to happen. Um, we also beginning to have conversations with a. Uh, there's a healthcare facility not too far down the street, so even medical. I might even sell the mindsets out to be medical if they pay enough. But, um, <laughs> but you know, to really get kids into different things and to open them up to all the possibilities that there are. Yeah. And even that's why we're doing the entrepreneurship. There might be something out there, as you know, um, if you look at industries or forecastings, um, 10 years ago, half the jobs that exist now weren't there. Like, you know, if you're thinking like... Man, I actually, so, so this is what I actually read was, this is a crazy statistic, that kids that are in sixth grade right mm-hmm. now by the time that they're out of uh, even college, 65% of the industries doesn't don't exist right now. 65% of what the industry will be does not exist. So you're going through school, mm-hmm. learning something that literally you will have no, no place for in for. this world, you know? And and so to me, like the some of the things that you're talking about, whether it's internships, whether it's, and it's also like, you know, learning how to learn learning yes. how to be creative, learning how to uh, communicate, learning how to, you know, social intelligence, emotional intelligence. And learning like, who you are. So learn who yeah. you are in that because, you know, we might have some kids. We do a lot. We do a lot of culture building. We do a lot of, um, you know, rah-rah. And, 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 you know, one of our one of our key things is, um, one of our call and responses is, you know, who am I? And, and the callback is I am excellence, right? So and, and even when we do attendance, if I say, hey, is Luca here? And you say, yeah, Luca, you know, you don't respond. Yes, you say I am excellence. Like we do a lot of that building up and very positive like affirmation of that but also like um how can you push forward and and be in the world and shift you know if the industry that you're in does shift how can you be ready for that for the course correction for that course correction and be like and not be married to the stain and like you said the classic educational model is like you go here you get your your ba and whatever and then you're just stuck but the reality is we know this hustle you know hopefully i don't get assassinated for saying this but like unless you get a really specialized degree most of the degrees are pretty much, you know, carbon yeah, well, copy, I mean, especially the first two years. Yeah. 102 yeah. level and 100 level. What you're getting at Harvard, sorry, you can get at your local community college. The first two years anyway. Yeah. And what yeah. you're getting going to Harvard is a social network. Correct. Ab- absolutely. Has yeah. that, and, and, you know, I, and I'd argue this, and like I said, for somebody that's gone to college, I'm, I'm not a person that's like, oh, school is, school is completely, you know, uh, like shit, don't mm-hmm. go, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would just consult people different on when you go there, man, like, 
interns start doing stuff in that field. Right. But like at the same time, like you absolutely don't have to. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I'm telling you right now from a standpoint because by the time I was 17 going on 18, I was already playing pro ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enrolled in Slovenian college only to be able to, because in Slovenia, if you're enrolled in college, you get the really, really cheap food. Like, because we have all that, you know what I mean? So I was just like, fucking, I did it for that. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of dumb shit, mm-hmm. selling dope, you know, at the same time. Um, you know, being entrepreneurial, doing, but, you know, and then it was like, for me, like college was attached to basketball and getting right. away from trouble. Um, and, you know, the fact that I was able to get a lot of the four years, cover, I mean, I, I got out of college and, you know, I would say obviously props to you know, my pops too, who, you know, who helped out with that mm-hmm. some. Um, but like I came out of college without any debt, which right. is, because we, you know, when, when, I, when I was uh, talking to big D1 schools like, like Quinnipiac, Delaware State, uh, Western Michigan, they were like, hey man, like we like you, but, you know, you're going to have to walk on for a year. And they're like, it's 40 plus grand. And I'm like, you know, I call, I call my pops just to like, and I literally was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, and that was the end of the conversation. You know, I was like, can't do any of this stuff. So, uh, and, and there's a fantastic book. I don't know if you've read it before. It's called uh, The Education of a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a great, great book. You know, it kind of argue, uh, argues towards not, not necessarily going to school, but it's, but it's not like, uh, one-sided. It's very like, hey, I think if you go, like, it's good if you do it this yeah. way, right? I'm, I mean, yeah. I would be at cross-purpose if I wasn't pro it, you know, and so yeah. I'm not anti, but I but I also know there's, um, and, and I think especially for people who come from low-income backgrounds, like, there's other ways to look at it, because it's also an industry, right? Like, it's also a thing that's designed to um, generate funds and money. It's like, there's these big research institutions that do that, and, and, is, and are you fully getting bang for your buck? Because, again, if you're competing in a, in a place where you got this degree that this thing no longer exists for like you know if we think about ten years ago when when we first met and we started we <laughs> you started bigger um, there wasn't anything such as a at least we didn't name like social media influencers or yeah, 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 somebody yeah. was handling your Twitter account like you wouldn't yeah. even dream that full time job too you know right. <laughs> and I'm barely like I know somebody who like handles a a company's social media account who makes as much if not more money than me like just tweeting and I'm like man where did I go get this master's for like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and again like I and I love what I do so it's, it's not even about the money but but it is like you don't we didn't prep for that like there was no course on like how to be a social media influencer and so I mean and that's lowbrow in some ways but like and, it, and it's and it's changing so fast that like even you know, as, as a business owner and like for you being in this position now where you are I mean you're you're, you're all types of things but right. you're a business owner you're a coach consult like all these different things and and, and you have to, like, you know, of course, part of my thing is, okay, do we have the funds? Cool, let's outsource this to somebody. Right. But I've spent a lot of the last 15 years learning stuff, right? Because I'm like, oh, shit, well, I got to learn how to do Facebook ads. Oh, I got to learn how to do this. Oh, I got to be a better copywriter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to study marketing. I'm going to start storytelling. I'm going to start, right? And, and the thing is, is like, I didn't get any of that from the one. I didn't get it from school, school, or I didn't even get it from, like, to be specific in fitness, the governing bodies. You know what right. I mean? You know, you get a baseline certification, and then for me, it was like I want to, I want to get skill sets and knowledge, or should I say, knowledge and skill sets, right? Like, and I don't care where I get them, and I don't care if you put the, you know, the hundred and whatever certifications that I've done behind my name. I could give a shit about that because at the end of the day, my skill set is going to be applied, and that's what's going to get me the result. And that's what I want, and that is our whole vision. You know, our whole vision is you know, educate, uh, educate, immerse, inspire, and equip the excellence in all of us, right? And then within that is how can we get young people to access that so much earlier? So when you're 18 or 19, you have this whole, literally you have the whole world in your hands. Like, you know, not saying the old limerick, but you have this whole world in your hands and you have options and choices. 
at 18 or 19 in a different way. Like, in, in I mean, I'll say the company's good. Uh, like, with Amazon, it's like they're, you know, clearly they're a company who's huge, pretty much owns the world right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. they're getting away from even asking for college, you know, college degrees in, in their hiring practices. And they have an internal um, kind of certification thing in their education department that is like you can get certified in different things. You could walk out of high school if you're connected enough to be able to walk right in and get, certi- you know, get a certificate in whatever. Um, and be an Amazon employee at 18 and 19, making 80, 90, 100,000. You know, and again, it's about, for me, it's about equipping the people who haven't always had, like, I, I make more money than my parents have now, right? Like, you know, like, I maybe. My dad might have me beat, but, you know, he's had a different <laughs> life. But um, but close to it, right? It's, lifetime earnings, I'm definitely going to lap him. And um, for me, it's been like, the learning has been like, how do you manage money? That's been a trapping. So that's another thing we want to teach kids. How do you manage money? What are we talking about when we're talking about wealth versus rich? And we have those conversations like, you know, the old Dave Chappelle, like, you know, Rick James was rich, you know, like, but you can lose that. But like, or, you know, the old Chris Rock, like if Bill Gates had Oprah's money, he'd jump out the window. You know, like that's wealth. You have so (laughs) much money. And so like, how do we begin to build that? Not just financially, but also um, legacy wise. Like human value capital. Human value capital. How do do we begin to build that? And how do we begin to like, I I have this conversation often with schools that I work with, especially schools that are um, predominantly non-people of color. Um, And I say two things, especially across the nation, one of the big problems, the biggest problem I would say is at the bottom of every metric are African-American males, period, which is why my school is focused on that. And I always leave most of my presentations starting with, you either have to hold two beliefs, one of two beliefs. You either have to believe that the system is flawed, because there's no way that in Seattle and Bucks North Mississippi and Hartford, Connecticut, and Miami, that African-American males are at the bottom of this. Um, you either have to believe the system is flawed or you inherently believe that African-American males are flawed. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you, there can yeah. only be one of two, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's no way, there's not, that's not an anomaly. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere I go, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, there's, some, there's pockets of success always, but... But, but on, on, on average, on like, whole, that's right? what it is. There's yeah. no population, and even... Um, you know, we ask about our problem and then solutions, you know, part of I'm trying to create a solution, but like even recent immigrant students outperform after three years, African-American males in our traditional educational system. The only people who are beneath that are natives, and this is a, it's native males, and this is a sad statistic. They're, they're not statistically relevant enough for people to even count and feel, well, and I'm not well, saying that. That's yeah. just, that's a notion that people have, and that's another, you know, I have like a side mission to, to help try to solve for that but and and native american males drop out of seventh grade which is faster than any other population but my specific target being african-american males is like uh the social cost of what it costs for people who graduate from high school especially who do not graduate from high school especially men and that's across the board whether that's white black asian latino is like four times um the social cost of what it costs for even women right so like even when we look at social impact those are some of the things I'm trying to speak to, and I'm speaking with the one who nobody's been able to solve for yet. <clears throat> and yeah. I fully believe if you can solve for that problem, then you can find solutions for every other affinity group. Yep. Um, because males in general are suffering um, in education, as we know. So even white males, right, which is crazy to hear, but um, which also tells you something about the system being yep. um, different when you say... Yeah, there's a lot of, I could I would nerd out on all these things, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I'm glad you're you're bringing this up though because you know this is like obviously we, we you know we go through lives and it's like you do your thing and you, you don't really think about this stuff and you don't like you're so into this field and it's it's kind of like you know we, we gel on the side of like mindset and, and mm-hmm. neurology and behavior change and all that but like you're in education you know I'm I'm in 
in fitness and business coaching. And, but really the, the underlying factors, of, many of them are the same, but to, to be create awareness around like, hey, like this is what's really going on. Right. You know, and, and for me, like one of the, the things that, um, you, know, you know, speaking a lot to you, like always brought this stuff up. And I'm, and I'm like, man, like for the last 10 plus years, um, you know, we've donated a lot of money, a lot of mm-hmm. um, food, clothes. I mean, you name it. Like I can't even count. I'd have to <laughs> go back and figure it all out. But, and it felt, you know, it felt good. It feels good to give back, right? But I, but I started asking myself this question about like, okay, man, how much of an impact is this making? You know, if you, you write a $1,000, $3,000 check towards a charity, and then, then later on I'd go on and go like, oh man, like actually 80 plus percent goes to administrative and marketing. And I'm like, hold, I'm like, yo, so that out of that two grand, like really like 400 bucks went there. And then what happened with that? I don't know. You know, and you get the reality check and then you're like, man, like I love giving, but, th- they, but this is, it's almost like, I feel good, but I'm not actually even making a, a change or an impact, right? And and, it's, and I was like, man, well, where can you make the biggest change? And I started looking at my own life and going like, man, what if certain people weren't in my life? You know, mm-hmm. from, sure, from my, my, obviously my parents, but but it's like, you know, because my parents were away a lot, I was, you know, in the streets a lot. Like it was coaches, it was specific mm-hmm. mentors, it was, um, you know, that, that, that guided me to, to change, right? Like, and then becoming, and then, I, you know, I spent the last uh, 13, 14 years in masterminds, mentorships, still am, right? And those, those, those people would influ- influence me so much. And really it started coming to me and going like, well, look, you know, one of my mentors asked me, said, well, look, if you could do all these charity things, like you're doing amazing stuff, but like, what if you could do it for one thing? And like, right. I, I mean, like, and I answered like, like, I was like, local youth. You know, and he's like, oh, man, did you have that ready? I'm like, dude, I just it just came out, you know, because I thought about him and going like, well, th- it's mentorship. Like mm-hmm. what we're talking about is, you know, building mindsets and skill sets like, man, accountability, like right. goal setting, like being able to build teamwork environments. And like to your point, um, you, you just sparked it for me. Like one of the big kind of tenants that we have is is uh, especially for the school design down there. We haven't so much been able to accomplish it here yet. Um, but like part of the reason for the 13th year will also be like that paying it forward or paying it back. Right. Mm-hmm. So like um, the, the most powerful mentorship you can have ages 13 to 19 is near peer. So that's when that's when students, especially young males, are searching for interdependence. Like parents feel it's like independence. Like, no, nah, they don't want that. You want an interdependence. Like with the adults, you want to know you're still connected and you love and care about me. You know, coming back to our conversation earlier. But like for the, for their peer circle, that's the most important people in their life. So how can we intentionally affect that? Because if you think about most mm-hmm. people's peer groups, you swing 10 years. So you swing five years up, most of your friends, or you swing five years down, right? So what we intentionally design is like have an adult kind of at the head of that who mentors or coaches a, a young person and that person coaches another young person and you kind of build this this process Man, it's, it's, it, you brought this it was so great because one of the things i think I, ken shamrock said this first it was an mma thing mm-hmm. but you know it, it just ring a bell for me it's like hey you always want to have somebody that's better than you right like mm-hmm. that's that you're working with that's coaching you that's pulling you up but then you also got to have somebody that's right there on your level to challenge you right. Right, you're 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 there, there, but then you gotta have somebody below you that you teach, mm-hmm. right? And and I do feel just like the Bill Gates of the world, and you know I've I've had uh, you know been fortunate to spend time with like uh, personally with um, Richard Branson, you know mm-hmm. like big huge huge influence on me, and to you know where his life is like literally dedicated to giving it away. It's like you, first you you get it and then you you give it away. But I, I think I actually think. That that is happening over like the the, the the true success is actually doing that 
over and over and over, over again. So somebody learns it, they share it with somebody else, right? right? They give it away. And that's, first of all, that's how you answer the question, who do I become, mm-hmm. right? And that's how you create a network of, of people that are striving. And you also striving. find yourself. Like, I mean, Absolutely. To, to your, I think to your, to your first question, like really what working with kids has shown me is like who I was, right? Because mm-hmm. cause, cause, uh, Dr. Maya Angelou says it like if you teach, you have to live your teaching. So there's a lot of times where I have to catch myself and be like, I can't do that. One, because it's not the, the best iteration of myself. And two, I'm teaching something, to your point, like I'm teaching something completely different. I'm talking about being honest and having integrity. So like even when I had the boys, like I purposely, and we talked about this a little, a lot, especially then, like I purposely didn't really like date because um, I, I wanted to show them, like I didn't want to have women running in and out the house. Like yeah. I, I wanted to show them like at least, and these are my values, right? I'm not, I'm not espousing anybody else what you should or shouldn't do. But like for me, I wanted them to be men of integrity who treated mm. women right, or treated whoever, whatever their partner was, um, with a level of respect. And I felt like if I was the one showing that, that I couldn't be that. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, that was a yeah. conscious choice. Um, now, once they were older, life moves on. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, and, and, and for the most part, I would say, like, that's manifested. And, and like, the coolest thing, especially about my boys, um, is I watched them with the younger guys um, now, or, like, other young men I mentor, and I kind of watch, and I'm like, oh, God, that's me. Like, you know, like, ooh, that, it, some, some of the things not even purposeful. I'm like, oh, the way you talk, the way you um, treat, you know, I, I brought up Kyle earlier. It would be a perfect example. Like, I've watched him, and then my friendships become his, right? Like, you know, he really looks up to you guys and Theo and, you know, stuff here. And that's, that was a trust relationship here. I'm like, oh, I know where you need to go. Like, you want to get right? Yeah. You come here. Or, or even Vincent, you know, yeah, talking yeah. the other day. I know Vincent since he was like six, and he couldn't talk and well, had an afro, right? You know, so it's yeah. like this, this very interesting thing that you watch, and you watch people become men, and now you watch them do the same thing, mm. right? Um, and it's all to your point of, and that's what we want to intentionally create. I would say early in my career, I didn't, it kind of happened, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, now I'm very intentional about, like, matching you with an accountability partner and matching you with a mentor and then saying, hey, oh, you really do this well. You know who else do that well? Who really looks up to you? You know, Bobby. You know, yeah, like, and yeah. now you have this thing because now you get to learn I am best, and, and you know this about me. We've had this conversation. I don't really care about things. I care about people. So, yeah. like, if I feel like I would never let you down because I hold accountable the relationship. It doesn't really matter what the thing is, right? Like, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, oh, I don't, I could care. And that's, I mean, and that's the, you know, the leverage that we talked about, mm-hmm. which is, Right, like we do breakfast at six, you know, even though I'm, I'm done at, I might be doing some crazy, you know, work until 3.30, I'm like, right. oh shit. Like I'm gonna show up because mm-hmm. I don't wanna let you down because I value the relationship and, you know, I committed to it, which I think is a huge leverage point for people. Like mm-hmm. use it if you have the right, like right. environment and people. And the thing that you're bringing up, and what I love is that you're teaching, you know, and this has become kind of my philosophy here in Vigor Ground is like, you know, where I'm the, I'm the training, you know, the training nutrition nerd and performance nerd. But really, like, for, you know, six, seven years ago, it really shifted for me to go, like, man, like, I, I want to teach more than that, you know, like, mm-hmm. and hide it. You know, it's like, I'm going to hide it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hide the, I'm gonna hide the, 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 uh, the I would say, the medicine in, inside right. of the pie, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's the, it's teaching, like, building, not teaching, building eulogy values versus resume values, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like for, for, for everybody to kind of just, you know, what are those? I think right now, that's one of the big issues is that people are like, what are my resume values? Status, wealth, fame, and like that's, and, and when that's in the forefront, then you start, you know, you don't act in integrity because that's the most important. Eulogy values are things like honor, loyalty, faithfulness, you know, um, curiosity, right? I mean, you, you, you name that, like uh, 
what, what would be some other, you know, values that like, like I said, contribution, right? right? And if you teach those like eulogy values and people are, start understanding like, hey, those are the most important things. Um, you know, you, you get a different human being. And I was joking. I, I you know, I've been on this Game of Thrones kick lately. Oh, yes. And, uh, and so there's like these philosophical, you know, conversations around what's going on. And I'm like, you got, you know, Daenerys, which seemed to have some eulogy values, but, now, but it's more about like status. Like I got, I, I need, no matter what, I need to be on the throne versus, you know, Jon Snow, who doesn't want to do stuff because of his moral compass or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, like, look, just because I know you're watching Game of Thrones, so that's why I'm bringing it up. But, <laughs> but it, but it is like it, it really is. You know, people, because because if you think about, you know, I would say I, I would look at crime. You know, what what made me do things that like, you know, now I, I look at it and go like, oh god, like you know, because it's like you have this like, oh, I, I look up to this person, so I, mm -hmm. I want to be significant. And I want to prove them that I I belong. Right. right? And, and so, yeah, I'll do this crazy fucking thing. Um, but I'm not looking towards like these eulogy values. You know what I mean? Because no, nobody. And we've talked about these two, the two things that the one I, and if you've ever, if you're ever in a conversation with me, especially around school, I would say the first thing like environment invites behavior. Mm -hmm. So we talked this a lot about culture. I don't care what you're doing. It could be a gym. It could be a, it could be Safeway. It could be a school yeah. like environment invites behavior. So one is the culture, but then two, um, to your point specifically of what, what we try to build as as well with young people is like this this continued thought of um, you're accountable to this next best thing for you, right? Like, and to your point of like, and you won't know, um, and this is what I love about the gym or this is what I love about being an athlete, we teach immediate feedback. That's what school is, has that all wrong. Like, it's right, and you see, I even, I'm very careful about education versus school. Yeah, school doesn't yeah. give immediate feedback. We expect five-year-olds to understand the long game where I'm like, man, I barely hold on to like what, I don't even know what I had. For, we were just talking, I don't even yeah. know what I had for breakfast this morning, right? Like, you know, <laughs> and I'm highly educated. It's like, what we have to do better in education, which is some of the things, is immediate feedback and coaching. Mm -hmm. We talk about this a lot, and that's what athletics gives you. Like, if you think about, we do use parables of athletics. We usually open the day with doing some sort of physical activity. And starting, you know, stole a little bit of this from you, but like even with a warm up or whatever, and we track it every day. Like, have you gotten better, and how do you know? Mm -hmm. And then, what's the transferable skill that you can take that to your life? And how do you know you've gotten better at being a better friend? How do you know you've gotten better at treating your? And we have kids set goals, so you know, character goals, academic goals. How do you know you've gotten better at being home and being nicer? Like, how do you know? And how are we going to test that every day? And what's the feedback that you're getting? And getting them at least, if nothing else, aware to that. Like, and like I said, that's what the that's, early, man, early that, years. Yeah, that's the game changer. Like yeah. awareness precedes change, and to be, you know, to be able to constantly. And this is why I, I, you know, I was like, I felt called to this because I was like, man, like. Coach, this is coaching, you know, it's, but it's taking this high level, like everything you learn and actually being an effect change in, in kids that need it most, mm -hmm. you know, at the time they need it most. Uh, and, you know, doing things like you, how many times do you get it, you know, you go like, hey, you know, little Timmy, like, hey, what's what's the lesson you're learning here? Right. Like, man, you know, like, and to, there's very few situations like mm -hmm. that. Or, like I said, how will you know? that you want. How will you know that you're more compassionate? How, how will you right. know that you're harder working? How will you know that you're more mobile, right? right? Like, well, it's like, well, you know, I couldn't get this low into the squat, but now I'm like two inches lower. Like, and we you usually mean? forget it, that. We, we forget those things because we're so lost in this, you know, we're so taught to, to be so far out. And we were kids all the time. And you know me, I'm a big kid myself. So it's like, like last year we did a whole like film study pretty much on like Avengers. I don't know if I want to do it again this year, but like, <laughs> but it was, it was like, okay, if you can't sit in yourself, what are, what are the things you who's your favorite character what are the things you admire in them 
Mm. One of those things are in you. Oh, you really like Iron? You know, I don't want to. I won't spoil industry people here, even though you should have seen it by now. But like <laughs> last year's anyway. Like, what do you admire, and what are the things? And, and you can. There's so much, and that's what I love about education. Like, you can. There's parables in everything. Like, you know, how do you overcome adversity? What does that mm. look like? And we tell kids all the time, none of those things matter until they're tested. Like, you're not honest until you're asked a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. you're only, you know, Jalen Rose said it best. You're only as good as your best available option. Right. And so um, and, and we and we we purposely test kids in those situations to say, like, how did you show up? Because those would be and most of the time, honestly, especially for young people, I think even adults, they show up when nobody's watching. Like I can look great on the podcast. You can look good on the podcast because we know we're being listened to. And we know we're being filmed. But like what's going to show up? And we've had this conversation even about my own fitness journey. Like what shows up after I leave bigger? Yeah. Like, you know, am I am I compliant or am I sliding down the road to get some Mazels, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like with the extra sauce and a couple rolls like and only I know that. Yeah. Right. And so it's, and, and, you know, no, in spite of the accountability. So like we, we want to teach kids that because I think those are just not and, and coming full circle, I guess that's what I learned as a parent. Like that's like taking those guys in with the things of like, wow, I have to really be very yeah, yeah. integrated. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's you different have to be than, it, man. Like in. Um, and so to me, like, you know, one of the, like, it's funny cause so many of the different things that like, uh, you know, motivational interviewing is, is, is a mm-hmm. book that that's used in pretty much majority of schools, I would yes. say. Right. Um, and like, you know, when I read that, the clinical f- version first, which is a little heavier, but still amazing. I just went down a rabbit hole of that, you know, coactive coaching, all these different things. And I, that's where these worlds cross so much, much to me. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, that's where I like really it started becoming exciting because I love coaching. I don't care who right. it is. I really don't like I, I, you know, a coach takes a person from where they are to where they want to be or who they want to be. And, um, but but it's like I, it just really started coming to me, going like, man, like these skill sets, the the, the like the the person that needs it the most, the kid, mm-hmm. and 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 they work right because they just work and change. And so it was, you know, so I just I just annihilate you know books and, and courses and studies on on that, um, which is always the funny joke, right? Because it's like I I don't have kids. I feel like I'm Uncle Luca to a lot of kids, you know. Huh. And but I'm but I'm all, always pulling, you know. Uh, and have you read a uh, Nurture Shock? You know, and you know parents are like, that's a good one actually. <laughs> uh, no, you know, no. And I'm like, oh man, you know, there's a couple of things I want to, you know. And, and people are like, oh, you got kids? I'm like, nah. I just, but I, I you know what? I I was like, well, first of all, I. Do I work with a good amount of kids and, and spend time around a lot of kids? Mm-hmm. And you know, I I'm, I want to have kids, so I want to be in the best position. Like that's always been a crazy thing to me, where where it's like, oh, I know what's best for my kid or for kids or for and like, oh, how did you know that? You know, what's the last course you took? When's the last time? And again, and there and the you know that that will that will that will be affirmed and it will be tested. And, and, and to your point of like the neuroplasticity earlier, we were talking about like for adolescents, but even. Uh, even if even if Bigger Dream was doing younger, if any gym out there wants to do you know a youth program, just knowing like um, we as adults hold on to you know majority of learning happens between age three and seven, right? Like those are the things you hold on to values and all that. Like everything else has to get untrained and retrained. And then yes. so between three and seven is the most open period of kind of your mind. And then between you have another window between like twelve and fifteen. Then after that, <laughs> it starts to the, like you got to really be with it. You have to be with it, and it's incre- it's incrementally harder, right? To uh, or should I say it's it's multiplied by how hard it mm-hmm. is to reverse it. Not to say that you can't, but but possible. but we know. I mean, like you know, working with obviously a lot of adults is. It's like, man, it really, sometimes it's an uphill battle. And like, I don't want to discourage, obviously, like, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm fired up to, to, to coach anybody and mm-hmm. coach the people. Um, but even in my own life, right? Like, I'm, you know, thankfully I've went down a, the rabbit hole and, and, and been mentored and, you know, opened up to like, see what, what has been driving my life, you know? And it's like, it's work. 
to, to override this, you know? So it really is like, if you can affect, you know, kids between the age of three and seven to 12 and 15, um, man, I mean, that's a, you, you get so much more leverage. Right. right? And I think that's where it's powerful. And obviously I'm not saying, okay, stop working with everybody, but <laughs> no, kids, no. but, 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 but what I, what I'm saying is that like, you know, it's almost, it's almost like a kind of reverse engineering in a sense where, you know, to, to help somebody that's further down, like you, you need more effort, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but then now you can take these skill sets and, and, and apply them with, with kids. And, and look, I, you know, I wanted to bring this up because there's so many, like a, a lot of the things that we've been talking about go for anyone, right? Mm -hmm. This approach to coaching and education and helping people, you know, build themselves, um, build themselves up. Like, I, I don't care if it's, you know, eight, 10, 12 years old um, or, you know, 45. Sure, there's some minor differences, but really the foundation is the same. Um, but just like, just kind of uh, shining a light on, like, you know, we, we are going in a certain direction. And you said like, even with, like I said, uh, African-American males, like mm -hmm. have the, you know, uh, I would say the lowest uh, scores. And it's like, man, like, that's that's some real shit. Like, man, do you, you know? Do you care about that? I mean, me personally, I do. You know, and that's why I want to do something about it. And like, no matter how small it is, I, you know, I I, I want to create a movement that that hopefully inspires others to do the same. And then that's kind of how we change something. You're doing the same thing um, on on a level of education, which I think is incredibly powerful. Um, but like, how how do you? Here here's a question for you, right? Because um, you know, I, I just looked at it as like. When when um, uh, when I was asked that question, like, well, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I, I, I want to help kids. And then it was like, okay, how do we do that? You know, we're already running. So we're like, hey, we're already running charity boot camps. We could just fund, you know, this program with a, a bunch of the money that we generate through, you know, uh, these events. And like now, you know, for me, it was like, and it's, it's funny how like creative you get once you have a purpose, right? I'm like, oh man, like every check-in is 25 cents every membership that we sign up for long-term, you know, 50 to hundred bucks goes towards that. Then we can do this and this, and this. you know, and then you start going like, we actually may be able to fund it without losing money from the get go. Right. Um, and then you were the person that started bringing up. Yeah. And like, man, if you can prove this stuff works now, you know, the doors open for some funding or collaborations or whatever else. And uh, I would encourage like, you know, there, and I get it. Like you have to convince people like what's in it for me. You just have to. So, yeah. I, I'll go to like, you know, th this is my mission on that side of things is to convince small businesses and gyms to understand like if if you if people are seeing you um, put, put yourself back into the community and affect kids and like really do something with gusto and you become an evolved enterprise, like it will help you as a business. And like you're around that, like, and that was, I guess, because, you know, you, you, a lot of your work now too is like, man, getting funding, right? It's like generate, like, yeah, so. <laughs> you know, it's like, be, you know, trying to get money because mm -hmm. guess what? Like without money, nothing happens right. in, in, in this world. So like, what is like, maybe just like outside looking in type of thing, you know, um, how do you go about that? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know it's a, it's a pitch just like yeah. it is anything else, but how have you gone around that? Like, and to, to, persuade and pitch and tell the story of like hey this is what's worthwhile putting into you know and i think um real real quick even to your point i think about the gym what i think about as well um or any business owner is is you also you work with youth you build brand loyalty right like i'm i think about as much as i joke about it like i'm a huge pro wrestling fan because i got hit with it early you know like yeah. like and it, you know and vince mcmahon in some ways is a genius like because he goes back to this pg market and so you grow up and then you have 40 year old men who are willing to buy 
$30 t-shirts and, you know, $400 belts because it's been hooked <laughs> to me as a kid, right? Like, yeah. and so I think part of the magic is, and then, and then that's from the selfish aspect, I guess, or the business aspect. Um, and the, and the personal aspect is you're building healthy habits within a family, right? Most likely, like, I probably wouldn't be in this situation with my family. No, I'm not situation, but I probably, I probably would have had a lot better notion of what health was if my parents had a healthy lifestyle, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, I mean, and you just said that, and that sparked that for me. But I would say um, a lot of what I'm doing now is a, a lot of what you say in a pitch, um, and also like appealing to people's knowledge base. I think people just don't know, right? Like you, you know, but you don't really know like how bad the outcomes are or why it's necessary. So I, I speak a lot to the social impact. Um, you know, I alluded to that a little earlier, um, and what possibility are you know everything is proximity right uh, crime is proximity and even even income basis is proximity like your network will determine a lot of where you're at in mm-hmm. life and, yeah. and I think especially in the African American community and uh, this isn't fully studied this is more theory but um, you have a lot of people who are like I want to grow up and get out of the hood cool and we've had a whole notion towards that but what happens when you get out of the hood is that all the top talent leaves the hood and so then you're left with a hood that is still ripe for the pickings. And now, you know, we have areas that have been gentrified and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do you begin to have um, the talented folks understand that one, where you're from, you shouldn't be ashamed of. Um, and then two, how can you build that back? And selfishly, when I pitch to companies, especially it's like every company in America, especially every top company is like, we have a diversity problem. It's like, yeah, well, there's two things that are happening. One, people aren't prepared to be in these jobs, which is part of what we're trying to do on our end. And then two, I mean, I think something we talk about a lot is how can we prepare cultures to actually have that? Because it's one thing to say I want to have a whole bunch of black and brown or poor faces in my company, but is your company ready to have that? And we've talked about that even yes. about Bigger Dream. I'm like, Bigger is, if, if y'all have never been to Bigger, man, I, you know, I'll swear by it. Like, I'll get out and pitch to it because of the environment. Like, you know, I've lost and found the same 50 pounds. Actually, I'm probably on the best end of my life right now, <laughs> but I've lost and found the same 50 over the last 10 years. But what keeps me coming back is the environment, is the people, and that draws me in. But same with a company. Like, you can invite all the black and brown people you want, but if the environment isn't ready for them, there's a sense of loneliness. Even as an educator, I've been lonely. Like, the higher I've gotten, the more alone I sit in rooms where I'm, I'm having the same conversations with people who I think should get it or at least understand it and don't. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's storytelling with a lot of those companies and, and, yes. uh, and, and people and, and, and just being honest about, to your point, of this, the, what's in it for them, um, clearly, and like the social impact down the line and what it can mean just to change generations and to change families. Like you can begin to really shift outcomes. Because it doesn't, if you have a family of eight and one kid goes to college, that's awesome, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and they, and they live, but but you know, there's a thing in the African American community, especially called the black tax. Like you know, you you then are the one who has to reach back and, and drag everybody, yeah, and, you yeah. know, like, and yeah. I'm sure it's not just an African American community, but like you just you have that sense of whatever, and, and that doesn't it's it's cool, and it doesn't help. But what if all, what if six win, or not just the college? What if six were successful post secondary, yeah. and yeah. now you can begin to say, oh, let's. We were just talking about this, I think, before we went on. Like, what if we begin to buy land? What if we begin to invest in business? What if we, and we've talked about this a lot, like what do you begin to invest in property? And, and now we have different conversations and our kids' kids are around us when we're having those conversations. And now we're talking about yep. real change and you talk about tapping into the 1% or you know whatever. And I'm not driven by money or any of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm very now, much a eulogy guy. Yeah, like, and but it, 
No, but yeah, but we, but yeah, because we, under, we understand Somebody this. Somebody has like, 1.6 million, by the way. I'm available. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? You make a point. Like, to, to me, I mean, that was one, you know, just because this is relevant, I think, to the timeline right now, you know, what happened with Nipsey, right? And, like, mm-hmm. what started coming up afterwards was just, like, how much that dude, like, see, I like, I like Nipsey's music, um, but, you know, I wouldn't put him, like, top whatever for me, right? Like, right. but, man, what I really admired about him was that he was, like, creating like he was like nah man like I'm gonna go back I'm gonna create these platforms and man you guys should probably too much to actually even talk about here but you know he was like creating a basically a tech school you know I mean Mm -hmm. he was so much crazy amazing stuff and that to me is an inspiration you know what I call when I talk about like Vigorville like you know I mean I was I was having breakfast with Rocal you know yesterday Talk, like talking about like all right what's going on like where can we man I need to, to find the money right I, mm-hmm. I'm like I need to figure out more money because but not because it's like hey I want to get another, another dope car like no none of that man because I want to build I want to create and I want to give like almost like you know create this environment where you know vigor is an environment okay cool how do we build something next to it next to it and like create this this almost city and like teach people how to be able to shift whole communities right. because of what you're doing and and I think to your point and, and just because you said that it, it sparked this for me like I'm not even in the business of wanting to create one great school that's just a standalone that's awesome but it doesn't really do that doesn't shift the ecosystem correct like, really what I'm what I'm going to do uh, when I'm in the process Appreciate of doing is that. yeah what I'm in the process of doing is creating this thing and then being like uh, I really want it to be a learning lab for people to be able to come eventually like yes. the secondary mission is like yes. come and what are the things we can learn from this and you take back to your Yo, that like that is you know this is where we, we we're so on the same page right because like I don't want to have seven vigors I don't want to have three I don't want to have no. I, I want to have one but I do want to build Vigorville, you know? Right. And the thing is, and then, like, everything is teaching. Like, I want to teach what we've done here, and I want to keep getting better mm-hmm. because I definitely don't think I, f- I figured it all out at, at all. Actually, I, I feel dumber than I ever have. And, <laughs> and you know, and so, uh, and connecting with people that start to get this, like, what's the, you know, and it is, like, the human value capital. What can we, you know, you started, you start, for me, it's definitely been like, hey, what can we leave behind? Right. And, and, and so I mentioned this, and I, I you know, I'll, I'll kind of try to, Wrap it up. I don't know where we're at. Gene, Gene's like, he's like nodding his head, like, "Yep, yep, you're doing that thing again, Luke. You're doing that thing again." Um, but it's Look, like this shout has out been. To Gene, man. <laughs> shout out to Gene, baby. <laughs> um, but it, it was it, it's this premise of um, like leaving things better than you found them. It's 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 in the book Legacy, which is one of my favorite leadership books. Um, which is like lessons from the All Blacks, right? And what I started thinking about, like this, this this thing is like on a micro and macro level. Like if you if you come in today and we have a bowl. I want to leave your. I want. I want. I want you to leave better than when you came in. Right. Feel like whether it's like you're inspired. You know, we, we connected. You feel more love. Like something. Like that's the micro level on a daily interaction. Every client that comes in, I'm a high five. I'm hug. I'm gonna coach him up. I'm gonna take him some tough love. Love tough. Right. right. Like, but on on now on a bigger level is like I want to leave renting better. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and but then I also want to leave the fitness industry better than I found it. So when I whenever that is, I leave. Like that you can look back and go like, man, that person made it better. And like, and to me, it's like, you know, with you, you're like, man, every kid that you get, like, you want to leave them better than you found them. You know what I mean? Every, the educational system, you want to leave them better than you found them. And like, if you, if that stays, at, uh, uh, so man, we have to change the batteries. That's, if you saw that, if <laughs> you saw, if you saw that, battery yeah, change. you saw the cut, like we just wore out the batteries. And Gene was like, man, shit, we got to change it up. But um, to, 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 to bring it back to that, to that point, man, like, um, you know, there, there is like, it, it's a different drive. Like it, it's a different focus because 
you know, I, I think from the outside in, I was having a conversation, I'll loop this back together, um, a conversation with my friend that works high up at a, at a big company in fitness, some people may know it, that sold for a lot, like close to 200 million, you know, like, it's like, and I know the person that started, it's like, it's, you know, it's this ultimate success story. And you know, from, from the outside in, you're like, oh man, they're killing it, right? Then you have the conversations like, man, everybody's freaking out because there's a lot of changes going on. Mm -hmm. We gotta take steps back to take steps forward. You know, and, and like, man, this is, you know, how like sometimes people ask, it's this fucking loaded question, you know, how's Thing of Vigor going? You know, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I mean, sometimes they're great. Sometimes uh, there's there's growing pain. Sometimes there's struggles, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, we've been in business 13 years, Slovenia here, 10 plus. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna face some shit, right? And what gets me through it, like, and in, in actually, I'm in a place where I still get stressed out, but it's different, though, because I'm driving towards something meaningful and, like, thinking about this, how do we leave it better than we found it? Um, and, you know, it, you make different decisions from power abundance or, like, this this viewpoint versus scarcity. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God we got to make another this much money because then we can do this, and that, right? It's, it's, it's a different drive and like I didn't have that like I mean you know when you're starting off you, you're you're different I just you know obviously I've uh, been a lot of about to learn a lot of learning uh, going in that direction but I, I would encourage everybody like what you know watching this to you know with some of the things that Mark was saying like if, if that doesn't fire you up I mean may, maybe I don't know like it fires me up like listening to this guy because it's like these are the things that are meaningful to me but I, I hope that you see how many lessons there are not only for your business coaching, but like coaching interaction with people and, you know, doing something meaningful. And I can, you know, I think I probably need to do a podcast that's literally built all around Evolved Enterprise. Actually, that's probably going to be one of the next ones. Like how, you know, what are some possibilities? The one, the one that like, I just find myself loving mentorship. Like that's what I, I love, I love coaching, I love mentorship. So rather than go like, hey, you know, when we bring in the money, we're going to go put it there. It's more like, no, let's use that money to build a mentorship scholarship program. You know what I mean? Um, and I think and to even teach, to even teach, um, you know, I used to operate like on kind of the Hippocratic Oath was like do no harm. And I felt like that was even like low bar because I was like, nah, I, I can do better than like <laughs> yeah, yeah. not harming. But I would say, and, and you know my personal journey, like, you know, anybody listening, it's like, this has been a leap of faith. And I know we talked about this a lot. Like I left a six-figure job last December to begin to just solely work on it. And when I say left, I mean like I had one check left and then I was yeah, like, trying to and, out. and, then and not only that, because yeah. you like you because <laughs> you came up for the other thing is you came up through the system, right? Where we know like you're not paid a lot, and you do, no. man, like and the stuff that you do is is is. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's, it's hard to actually know all the stuff that Marcus has done, but sharing his story, like taking in, um, you know, adopting kids. I mean, like, man, it, imagine that type of work, you know, and and you care for all these oh, yeah. uh, all these kids and like i said to have lost so many of them man it's, it's a different it's a different like suck of energy i mean it's like yo that's just it's so important and to be able to get to because you know in your career you've you've you know elevated yourself to the top and now you're like mm -hmm. oh i make six figures and like okay well now that yeah. i do that was and, and you weren't making it for long like it no, was, it was you know, short. very short-lived <laughs> it's like all right i made it but now i'm gonna leave that because there's this thing that's like compassion action is mm -hmm. calling this vocation and i feel like i, I gotta go do and, that and you know? we've talked about this a lot like in the one thing you know no matter what you do like the universe takes care of you, you know like i haven't you know while i while i've, while I've lost a little of that 50 like you know i haven't missed a meal um you know i've been able to live the life and, and just you know the the law of attraction right the things that have been in abundance have come to me and and and, and not every you know there's some nights where i'm like whoo you know like 
okay. Oh, yeah. might, might need to go work at Costco. But um, <laughs> but in those yeah. darkest hours, like you know, the, you know, this too shall pass type of stuff. And so, uh, you know, and we talk about the the alignment between business and this and coaching. And I think it's all it's all human manager, right? It's all it's all human capital. It's all loving people and coaching people up to their best selves, no matter if they're five or if they're fifty. Because mm. um, I'm still, you know, I learn all the time from my students. Like you know, they legit teach me something new every single day and and I've been you know I think any educator will tell you this like I've been and maybe even every coach like I've learned so much more from them than I've ever given back like it's all it's a truly selfish endeavor in like what I've been able to get versus what I've been able to give and so you know it's just been this dope journey and excited to do it you know in in Atlanta and also um, a variation of it and back here. in Seattle in 2000 <laughs> soon you never know there's some things um, on the, you know, things on the burner yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're in ATL first Ace Academy www.aceacademyatl.org um, you know, see I was actually slow that down because I was going to say oh. where can they find out more about Ace Academy uh, you um, but anything that honestly that you're involved with that you'd like to shine a light on so two two places uh, www.aceacademywa.org that's our Washington work um, and that's you know super important that's where it all started and then the same thing aceacademyatl.org um, for Atlanta um, you can find me uh, on the interweb what's your Instagram on, uh, on Instagram it's I am the people's ninja um, a lot of people used to think I was Greek and I was like nah it's not I am the public not ninja it's, it's I am the people's ninja and then uh, Facebook is Marcus Harden um, you know James Harden's older cousin much more successful uh, with a worse beard so yeah I do I, he might be my second cousin James if you're listening uh, how about her brother you know I got you're, you're out of the playoffs man. <laughs> I mean he ain't got nothing I else mean, to do right you know, now let's, so let's do it holla, so yeah holla at us um, hey man I, I, I can't thank you enough dude like we're, we're gonna I'm honestly like i want to continue to kind of you know do do more stuff i'm gonna come out of atlanta you already know that yes uh working on Big, some stuff we're working on bigger south bigger south um <laughs> honestly that would be you know one of the few things where, where we talk about uh expanding or if we did something that would be it that would be it to put it inside of like ace or a school yes. or, you know that that's that's where i would be fired up to do um so we're, we're gonna we're gonna do more of these because there's a lot more to talk about um but once again hey guys uh you know check check it out like think about this stuff like do you know i would encourage you whenever you listen to a podcast like take some action on it maybe like as you're listening to this like you're getting a gut feeling like man i want to do something don't wait don't say you're going to think about it don't like do like write a note somebody send somebody a text send somebody an email take an action right take an action with that said as always man we love we love the reviews we love a Shout out. We love the five stars, definitely. Um, and uh, so, you know, thank we, I thank you. I love you and appreciate you for spending your time um, listening to this. Make sure, check this out. By the time this, this podcast drops, uh, the Vigor Ground Summit registration page will be live. I will talk about it more later, but VigorGroundSummit.com slash home. And, uh, you know, check that out uh, and put it in the show notes. But, you know, ready to rock and roll with that. I love you. Appreciate you. And see you in the next episode. Uh-huh. New batteries.